You're listening to War for Idiots, a podcast by idiots for idiots. Aftrag's tactic. Aftrag's tactic. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I meant. No, I said that's that. I meant. I said, anyway, I'm recording, so, so we should get ready to start. I just want to see if we've got a mission sound. But why? Can we go back to the studio? This is the studio. This is not the studio. This is outside and it's freezing cold. It's an airstrike. No, this is the outdoor studio. But normally when I'm talking, you make me put my hand over the microphone because it's blowing too much wind. So yeah. It either means we need a new studio or you need better microphones. You need better microphones. That, that, what is that? That's, that's not mission. That's mission. Right. <laughs> Can you start the show? Are we, we good to go? Yeah. You know, when you're nodding. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, animals, vegetables and minerals from all around the world, hello and welcome back to another episode of War for Idiots WFI. I'm your host, Rich the Nitwit. And I'm Mick the Tom Fool. And we are indeed the idiots that you've been looking for. And today I am very excited. We are talking about Mission Command. So, Mick, Mission Command. Yeah. Are we um, going to talk about it? Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I can just do not tell me what to do. So You're not the boss of me. We are the Burke and Wills of war. Holy wowzers. The Burke and Wills, I mean, Burke and Wills were exceptional podcasters uh, back in their time. Yep. Would you say you were Burke or would you say you were Wills? I know. I think I kind of look like a Wills. I would like to identify as Burke only because I think of Burke's backyard. And oh, I really no, enjoy- I want to be Burke. <laughs> no, no, I've axed it. I got a really cool hat. So, welcome back to WFI. Today we're going to talk about Mission Command. Before we do, just remember uh, what we try to do here on this show. So we are talking about war at an accessible level. Yes, we are. We are not discounting the significance of war by any means, but we are trying to make it more approachable. For the idiots out there. For the idiots, for the simpleton, for people that don't want to go too deep, or maybe go deep, who knows. Yeah. Um, and today, we are... Speaking about Mission Command, and the, the reason why the show notes say we're speaking with someone else. The but show we're not. notes are because I copied and pasted these. <laughs> okay, but it's not copying and pasting. A All lesson right. in copying and pasting learned. Just that's there. next episode. All right, so Mission do want, Pasting. Do you want to start us off with a quote, please? I will start us off with a quote, and uh, this is from one of my favourite authors. Although I don't know if I've read any of his books. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In, in the first place, God. Have you started a quote? Yeah, I have. I have. In the first place, uh, there's the first part of the quote. In the first place, God made idiots. Uh-huh. That was for practice. Then he made school boards. Zing! Who's that from? That's uh, from Mark Twain. And I have a feeling that we pulled this quote out because of my wife's line of work. And uh, lucky she doesn't listen to the show because taking, the, right. taking <laughs> the mickey out of teachers is probably not something we should be doing. Mark Twain dropping the bomb on school board. boards. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Boom. They just got Twain. Yeah. He's the guy that came up with um, history doesn't repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. I don't know if that's true, but it sounds good. That that makes zero to no sense to me. If you read Shakespearean history, it rhymes. So, we are to talk about Mission Command today. Yeah. Um, now, Mission Command is a subject that is near and dear to uh, the hearts of those that are in the military or have studied Mission Command, but it's also something that perhaps people outside of the military don't know about, but they probably know its function or know what it looks like. Yeah, they, they might say to us, well, yeah, that's how we get business done. Exactly. 
they call it business command. They call it business command? <laughs> so what we want to do is we want to make sure that we benchmark what mission command is before oh we go God, on. God, I thought you were going to say bench press. Before we benchmark <laughs> what mission command is before we go forward and sort of analyze it and talk about our own sort of personal uh, experiences and, and what we think about it. Cool. Um, so this episode is not just for the tactical commander. It is also for the tactical civilian uh, or yeah. people out there that just want to understand what this concept of mission command is. So if you do a quick Google search of mission command, you will get the following statement. Mission command, also referred to as mission type tactics, is a style of military command derived from the Prussians pioneered mission type tactics doctrine, which combines centralized intent with centralized execution. Decentralized execution. Correction, decentralized execution. Subsidiarity. Is that and how promotes it? freedom and speed of action initiative with indefined constraints. Man, that was a long definition. It was a very long definition. But so it's got Prussian in there. We like Prussians. It's got Prussian, but the, the main dead thing Prussian podcast, about, and, and what, what, what Mission Command really is trying to get to is that it's a style of command that is, uh, that is differentiated because it has centralized intent. Everyone knows the intent of what needs to be achieved. Yeah, one goal. One goal, but decentralized execution. Many hands. Many hands, one goal. So that that's kind of the the, the sort of... Can you put in a normal rich speak for us, though? So, to me, mission command is all about the relationship that exists between the, the, the commander and the subordinate, the leader and the follower, between the person that is in charge of doing a job and the people that are responsible for, for getting that job done. And it's about the relationship, I think, that exists between these two groups towards that sort of combined goal. To me, that, that's what mission command is all about. It's, it's a defined way of having that relationship put. Um, and it comes down to the old adage that mission command is all about telling people what to do, not telling people about how to do it. So oh. hence, tie back to Mick's incredibly unfunny joke at the start of this, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. As soon as I said mission command. Yeah, although I missed the cue. So to um, me, it's about, you know, tell me what to do, don't tell me about how to do it, don't micromanage me, tell me what the intent is, what's the end state, and I will choose my own way of how to do that, how I want to do that. Yeah, man, that makes a lot of sense when you put it like that. I, um, I've always been frustrated with this. Uh, throughout my career because there's lots of people that throw it back in your face, don't tell me what to do. But as you said, it's about relationships. So yeah. for me, it requires a goal. Yep. It requires assets, things to do stuff with. Yep. Uh, it requires guidance about, you know, I want you to achieve this goal by this time. Yep. Boundaries. These are things you cannot do. Yeah. Um, yep. I tend to get given boundaries quite a bit. Um, the relationship part, you know, that's a lot of trust. Yep. Um, and, and I think, you know, relationships are always about trust. So you've got to be able to, if you're the boss, you've got to be able to trust that if you give these boundaries, guidance, goals, things, the yep. person's going to be able to do it. And I think what one of the most common mistakes we see, particularly from our background, is that people seem to think, particularly the people who are receiving the orders, yeah, yeah, yeah. they think it's a blank check to do whatever they want, the way they want, without any sort of regard exactly. for what and is higher up. As long as I get to point X, which is what you said you wanted me to do, it doesn't matter how I get there, I got there. So that's all you should be focused on. Yeah. Now, can I throw to a book now? Uh, you can throw to a book. Yeah. I'm not going to throw the book. I bought it. Now, um, I must say, Mick, is, Mick in his uh, ever... Did you hear that? Yeah, that's a, that's a crow. That's a critic. That's a critic. <laughs> that's a critic. There's a reason young lieutenants are called crows. So Mick, um, Mick brought in a couple of books, and uh, they are heavily tabbed. Yeah. Um, so that would suggest you either read it or you put the tabs no, there. I, so it looks I, like I, you have read them. No, you, I didn't read. I, I tabbed it, so I don't know. Read. Can you throw? I'm legit gonna throw something at that. Not, not a rock, though. Don't don't kill the bird. Oh, I know. It's gone. 
Oh, you talk, I'll be back. He's going on an offensive. Anyway, so while Rich is getting rid of our little lieutenant, um, that was the worst throw ever. Not only did you pick the lightest piece of bark in the world, you barely managed to knock over a blade of grass. Anyway. Listeners, um, I didn't want to hurt the bird, so I threw something soft So out. there's two books that I've bought in. Uh, the first one's not specifically on Mission Command, but it's The Human Face of War by Jim Store. And yep. a lot of it's about tactical decision making, operational level decision making, and yep. command posts and commanders. There's a good chapter on there about commanding operations. I recommend people re read. Uh, and it gives you an idea of how mission command can be applied to a operational tactical sense from a headquarters point of view. Uh -huh. Let's give the drop test. Reasonably weighty. Pretty hefty. Um, the next one, I think it's actually got to do with the quality of the actual paper. Well, or the amount of tabs you put in. There is a shit. Uh, that one's actually signed, hey. <laughs> oh, uh, to Mick with best wishes. Mate, pretty specific. <laughs> NBD. Um, the next one is Transforming Command by. Eaton Shamir, that's an Israeli guy. I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name. It's got a forward by current uh, National Security Advisor, well, current at the moment, uh, H.R. McMaster, mm. uh, from before he was the National Security Advisor for the US. It's the pursuit of mission command in the US, British, and Israeli armies. And one of the most telling things you can learn from this book is this is a case study of three armies that all yep. use the phrase mission command, yep. and all three of them do it differently. Wow. But overarching principles are trust yep. in leaders and subordinates yep. boundaries boundaries <laughs> that's, <weird. laughs> yeah. that's, that's like that's, boundaries that's, as well as boundaries yeah, yeah. that's right they're, they're, they're cows they go to boundaries <laughs> yeah. um, trust boundaries and the assets to achieve the goal yeah. and this one that's pretty hefty too. They're not as hefty as your previous books. And not as many tabs. Not as many tabs. But, uh, you know, I, that really resonates with me because one thing I think we're going to get to at the end of this episode, spoiler alert. We is, will have an end. Is that Mission Command is going to be very subjective. And, and mm. within within every person, they're going to they're gonna understand Mission Command differently and they're going to apply Mission yeah. Command differently. And different cultures, different national cultures, exactly. military cultures. Exactly. All have different interpretations of this Prussian idea. So where do we get it from? So my understanding... Uh, Prussia. Prussia. Done. So my, Thanks, that's us. my understanding about where Mission Command comes from, and, and I'll tell you a quick story, uh, is from the German term Auftragstaktik. 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 Um, you are one pathetic loser. That was pretty harsh, uh, <laughs> but I will continue. I didn't, I didn't realise it was going to be so harsh. <laughs> it's just got the title pathetic loser, so I wasn't really sure what I was going to say. So Auftragstaktik uh, presupposes uniformity of thinking and reliability of action only to be attained through training and long experiences. Now, this was a German uh, concept that was uh, within the education system of the German leadership, the German officer corps, pretty much in the interwar period between World War One and Two. Yeah. Now we need to understand that, you know, the the way that they saw leadership was incredibly different to the way Americans saw leadership, Australia yeah. saw leadership, Great Britain saw leadership. Now they they wanted their leaders to be. You know, ironically, incredibly liberal, very open-minded, very artistic in, mm. in a way of thought, as opposed to a scientific way of thought. Yeah, and that ties back to this concept of Auftragstaktik, which I think I'm killing in a good way every time I say it. Mission tactics. So, what did this look like? Well, in 1940, when in North Africa at the start of World War II, English and German forces had this new thing. Uh, of war that, that was introduced in World War One, but became prevalent in World War Two, the tank, when the tank battles uh, led by Rommel against Montgomery in North Africa were occurring, something magical happened. The Germans could almost read the minds of the English. The Germans were able to outmaneuver the English. The Germans knew 
what to do before the English even realized what they were going to do. Yeah, but that's because they were psychic. Now, what the English literally thought, potentially, some of them, I don't know, I wasn't there, uh, that this seemed like some sort of mystic power that these Germans had. But realistically, what was happening was that the tactical level, the tactical German commander was executing perfectly the term Auftragstaktik. So the Germans weren't powered up. Wow. Yeah. Good. Good. That's good. But basically what was happening was... <laughs> no under no 32 has got to get no, that no, reference. No, no, basically what was happening is the Germans in North Africa saw opportunities and were empowered by an understanding of the intent of their commander to chase those opportunities. The British, on the other hand, saw opportunities and had to go back through an ocratic sort of military structure back to the commander and ask permission to then pursue that uh, opportunity. So what you had was... Auftrag's tactic allowed the Germans in North Africa to have a higher tempo, to increase their speed of operations, which is what the sort of tangibles from this first concept of mission command yeah. became apparent. And if we look at the generals involved, I mean, you know, it was Rommel for the Germans. Uh, it was, you know, he was pretty, uh, pretty good, uh, yeah. pretty good. Um, and then the generals for the Allied side, you had Wavell, who was, you know, arguably in my uh, opinion he was a, was a very very good general particularly his use of deception operations and his ability to pick talented people but he had a culture of his organization that was different to what Rommel was promoting in his army yeah 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 and then you've got Montgomery come in and well you know Montgomery's this whole different kettle of fish um, you know he's the guy that had a picture of Rommel up in his CP but had never actually read the books that Hom Rommel had written mm. about tactics which you know probably would have helped him out although he did he did win he did win, he did win. Um, so, you know, and Rommel just can't drive a car. Exactly. And I think it highlights that, you know, in in war and in every country, and really in every every nation, even outside of war, there, yeah. there's a culture there that exists. Yeah, and and right. the German culture was one about uh, thinking outside the box, seizing the initiative, um, and, and that would tangibly be faster operations, where the English or the Great British model was not that model. Yeah. Um, so why so, is this important? So this is this is the sort of baseline of where Mission Command is. Yeah. Mission Command was a pure, pragmatic application of a command relationship that was there to increase the tempo of operations. That's that's where it started. But I think since World War II, it's been like 30, four, something, it's been a few years. I think that this term has, <laughs> this term has graduated. <laughs> this term has degraded. Yeah, it, it ended like, 72 years ago, so... So, for some countries, I think it still remains in the exact purest form of Auftrag's tactic. I think and I'm nailing that. in 75 for the, um, for the Vietnamese. But yeah, no, you're right. And um, for some other countries, I think it's become something more. World so, War II or Mission Command? Mission Command. I think you're nailing Auftrag's tactic now. Thank oh, you very much. That's pretty good. So, um, why is it important? Like, Rich, why, why is this important apart from the fact that people can sell books on it? All right, well, look. I think it's important because you need to understand the relationship that you have with the people that you're leading inside of the military outside the military professional relationship that's how that's the only way i do it <laughs> yes some of them i don't even know their first names <laughs> you need to understand this this relationship and how are you going to influence how are you going to motivate these people to do what it is you want them to do now i think uh there's a really good article that i stumbled across it was from the strategy bridge oh um, good segue support to our friends They're meant to be sound bites, not sound gobbles, like just... 
<laughs> Just calm down. Well, you know me, I love the gobble. Keep going. So from the Strategy Bridge, it was an article written by Don Vandergriff, uh, and it was entitled The Basics, Developing Leaders for Mission Command. Now in this article, extremely good article by Don, he talks about how America currently applies Mission Command. And he sort of, he, he raises the question, do readers think that the American education system is really generating or uh, really uh, harvesting an ability to create leaders that understand mission command and he would suggest that it is not and yeah. it could be done better which, which is you know something that I would I would definitely agree with and, and can relate to other organizations around the world but why is it important well I think that it defines a relationship that proves to increase operational tempo in the battlefield yep. when you have an assumed knowledge when you have trust when you have doctrine that points towards we know that this is how to do x so when the opportunity to achieve x presents itself just do it and make sure it's done yeah. and then we'll focus on achieving y which is from x i think that's why it's important to have mission command so yeah. that you're not stifled and it doesn't slow you down and bog you down because you have to be there for every single decision your leaders need to be able to react with exactly. initiative and intuition exactly now this is one reason why I think it's important, and, and I'll, I'll come to another one in a minute. But Mick, over to you. Yeah, so I I like that uh, strategy bridge. There's a plug again uh, article. I also uh, talked about Eaton Shamir's book as well. Yep. And I guess in the modern uh, military, people are starting to see larger headquarters informed by technology, big data, digitization, computer yeah, networks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is creating what a lot of people are calling the thousand yard screwdriver. And that's yep. because they don't have the metric system. But if you think of the thousand that was meter a joke. That was a joke. screwdriver, that they know that was, that a, was joke. a joke. That's why they drop their phone because they're laughing. Um, anyway, the, one of the dangers that we're seeing with Mission Command and yep. the way that it, it's being adapted, Mission Command, when it met technology in the mechanization of the German forces, yeah. did really, really well. Yep. The Israelis applied Mission Command to their armored forces really, really well. Yeah. And Eaton brings that out. Uh, he then said at the strategic level, operational strategic level, a little bit higher than the tactical level, the mission command culture started to actually influence the military's relationship with the political objectives a little bit too much. So th there's a danger. But what, what we have to uh, remain cognizant of is as new capabilities come in, mm -hmm. you need to be able to build a culture that supports a leader to be able to make rapid decisions yep. to maintain that operational tempo you talk about. Mission Command is one of the tools we can use to make sure that we integrate yep. this technology properly. Exactly right. And Mission Command... Yes! It, it, I, I give you uh, a good mark for that. Uh, Mission Command... Seven. Give me seven. <laughs> it, it is about tempo, and, and that's where it was born. Um, but I think it also promotes initiative and thinking outside the box behaviour, which can produce a solution from followers, from the guys and girls that are executing these missions. That crow just... He's back. Not... Um, it, it promotes initiative and creativity and, and maybe a solution to a problem which you or anyone else has not seen, but someone yeah. who's closer to the problem or from a different angle could also generate as well. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, yeah. it's breaking the mould of how to solve a question, which is quite different, I think, than the original Aufschlagstaktik concept of Mission Command. And I think it represents the sort of, uh, the sort of size of World War II, where Mission Command assisted with tempo of mechanised war, yeah. as opposed to we apply it you know, in the barracks or yeah. at home or in the shopping center. It, it, it promotes that creativity at a lower level. Yeah, I mean, you tell someone to go clean the toilet block. Like, there's a degree of mission command you're going to apply and there's a degree of clean the bowls. Exactly, um, exactly. And, and we've got to temper our understanding of mission command. There are times when it's applicable 
And there's other times when leaders just have to say, hey, do this, exactly. this way now. Exactly. I want that done. Now, and when I think about, so when is mission command something that you would want to lean heavily on? When is a more direct command something that you want to lead, lead heavily on? And what I mean by that is, instead of saying, hey, Mick, I, I want you to go to that tree and... Uh, I'm no, Mick, I want firewood. There's a tree get me firewood as opposed to Mick here's an axe cut down the tree cut it into firewood I think the the thing that differentiates those two is time yeah whether you have time to allow the subordinate to really soak that in do their analysis yeah consider their own solution or just needs to be done right now yeah. just go and do and it like sometimes this. you can't trust in someone's experience because it might not trust. be it might not be there Exactly. I mean, there, there are some commanders that will say, I need you to do this this way. That might be because they've got 20 years plus experience. Exactly. And they've, they've recognized the situation. They've got an intuition that their junior commanders might not have. So what we're seeing is that, you know, mission command is a good thing, but it's not the only thing. No. And it has to be a balance. Yeah. And, and you know, we, this leads me to probably my next point. It's something I came across and that it's mission command is something that must be obtained. It is not implemented within an organization. And I think that's a key thing that some people get Such a good way of expressing it. I think you can't go into a- You get a seven as well. Thank you very much. I think you can't go into an organization and say, right, from now on, mission command. It's working, we're gonna do mission command. I think it's something that you can certainly aim to achieve. It can certainly be your approach and you can certainly promote it, but it's something that has to be obtained. It has to be a two-way street. You have to show, let's say you're the leader, you have to show trust to the guys that are, and girls that are following you. And same, same, they have to then show the trust back to you that they can achieve what you want to achieve within the confirmed doctrine, within the understand way forward. So it is something that has to be obtained. Can't just be something that you say, mission command, it happens now. And I think ties back to your, one of your original points, um, one that was not funny. Well, in fact, none of them were. Oh, they were all funny, uh, so it's going to be hard to find the point. That sometimes people think it's a blank check. That they yeah, just go, they hey, do. mission command, give it to me because I'm this guy and you should give it to me. Well, no, it has to, it has to be obtained. It has to be earned by you and yeah. by me. Yeah. Why are the tyres on this vehicle flat? No, mission command decided to drive it without, <laughs> yeah, without right. full tyres. <laughs> yeah, probably doesn't apply here. Exactly. Um, no, look, you make some great points, Rich, about that, that, that trust and the blank check. And I think one of the biggest biggest problems with implementation of mission command mm. is a, a feeling of not being trusted from a subordinate commander as well. Yeah. You're not giving me mission command, that means you don't trust me. Yeah. Um, understanding that it's a two-way street, the way to build that trust is once you get given a task, turn back around to the boss after you've done your initial planning and like, this is how I'm gonna achieve your intent. What do you think? <laughs> Do you want? Do you want an explosion? No, I don't. Need, I, I am my own soundboard. I think you are, no, we've that discussed was, this every episode. Yeah, in previous, you know what? One of the biggest things people write into us about is the fact you're not your own soundboard. Actually, that's not true. No one writes into us. So, I, I, I could not agree with that point more. That if you're given a task, the best thing you can do from a lower level up to promote mission command is to then go back to the person that gave you the task and say, "Hey, yeah. here is how I want to achieve it." Yeah. And, and that's not just military specific. You could It's the same in outside world. Exactly. Which and is you, what the military call anything that's not the military. Outside world. Exactly. And you're going to get a few responses. You're either going to get, I don't care, just do it. Yep. Or you're going to get, Would you, uh, could you do it this way? Or yep. you're going to get, that sounds great, do it yep. that way. Do you need more? Do you need more? But all those three things head to the one area, and that is developing trust. Developing trust, building that relationship, You've baby. You've got to build that relationship, absolutely. So I came across another reading or another article uh, from one Mr. Alan Hastings. 
Now, he uh, wrote an article very recently about Mission Command. He called it Mission Command and Detailed Command. It's not a zero-sum game. Now, in this article, he discusses Mission Command and he discusses Detailed Command. And his hypothesis, basically, is that Mission Command is in the be-all or end-all, as we've discussed before. Sometimes you need to be incredibly detailed. You need to be incredibly direct with what you want people to achieve. Yeah. So I think what, what Alan is highlighting here is that the trick for the person that's in charge, the trick for the commander, the trick for the leader, is that you need to go into that relationship knowing what you're gonna do. Are you gonna use Mission Command or are you gonna use Detail Command? Or what I would say is the best, are you gonna have a little switch in your head that identifies this situation is one yeah. that Mission Command can solve, this situation is one that I need to grip up and solve. And, and a and good follower knows when to take that rope and exactly. run with it, or when to hand a little bit of the rope back to the commander. Exactly, because... Or the boss, or the manager, or the executive. Exactly. And, and, and the reason why I think it's important to understand that is because at the end of the day, and I think again, this ties back to the blank check concept, at the end yeah. of the day, it's all about risk. Yeah. In war, you're risking lives. Well, ask, ask Germany about blank checks. They gave Austro-Hungarian umpire one and it didn't work out well for any of us. Wasn't there a movie blank check? I think it was a movie blank check. Anyway. Do you have Ben Affleck in that? I thought it was a kid and he found yeah, a he check a and he just wrote like a million dollars and put all the money in his backpack and lived it up. Anyway, um, so it's about accepting risk. Yeah. And in war, risk is losing lives. But at the end of the day, when a job has to be done, there's only one head on the chopping block when that job fails or when that job is not done. Yeah. And that is the person who's in charge. And you'd prefer it to be the enemies. So when your head is on the chopping block, you need to understand the risk that you were then putting onto your subordinates to get that job done. And I think you need un people underneath you need to also understand that if I don't do this job properly, it's not my head that's going to roll. It's going to be yeah. whosoever head's going to roll. Yeah. So that's why for this particular one, they're going detail command. Another scenario, they know that I can do this job well, so they're letting me do it how I see fit. They're, they are gonna own the solution that I create because their head's on the chopping block. So maybe I need to recognize the trust they're placing in me. Exactly, so it's about a balance between trust and a balance between risk. And I think if you could say one thing that's gonna solve mission command, I think it all comes down to- 42. Oh. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was a question. I think it all comes down to understanding the why, not the how. I think that's probably a real simple way to define mission yeah, yeah, yeah. Understanding the why, you want something done, do this because I want the, the outcome to be this, as opposed to this is exactly how I want you to do this. That's really good. Knowing when to switch in the and out. The why, not the how. I'm getting so many really goods from you, and it's really good. I'm just, I'm just trying to fight off that crow, so I'm not listening to anything. So. Okay. No, you, I, I agree. The why, not the how. What I like about the why, not the how, we can tweet it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very profound of you. Thank you very yeah. much for that. Hey, that's the first time you used profound on this episode. That's good. So let's go back to this uh, World War II Germany situation. Man, um, no one wants to go back to World War II Germany. <laughs> Chances of getting firebombed, big time. <laughs> okay, okay. This, 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 this hypothetical scenario. Because oh, we've already agreed that time travel doesn't exist. But so what we saw was a military culture at the tactical level where junior commanders were enabled to think outside the box, apply their own understanding of doctrine yeah. and chase opportunities. Yeah. What we saw that create at the tactical level was operationally uh, these missions, these tasks, these formations, these maneuvers happened at a, at the time, unbelievably fast rate. Um, you know, the English could not fathom that before they made a decision, Germany had made three. How? Why? Because tactically they were chasing opportunity because they yeah, were unable to. And that was psychic. 
But strategically, not so much. No. Strategically, ironically, German mission command off Trag's tactic, not really something that Hitler was a fan of. No, he brought out this massive screwdriver. <laughs> yep. Yeah, whether it was metric or whatever the opposite of metric is. Imperial. Imperial. He but he was a big fan of Imperial. So. <laughs> Although he was a Fuhrer, it was that, it's kind of like an empire type thing. Yeah, so what I wanted to try to draw back to was that, yes, Germany, World War II, excellent tactically, mission command. This led to excellent operations, mission yep. command. But where the link failed was strategically, the generals were unable to use initiative, unable to try to do things. Now, you could even argue that the reason was because Hitler was had his finger in so many pies and he needed to be very direct on what, what occurred in Love each of these pies. pies. Love these pies. That is an argument and that's a great way to think about was he using mission command? Was he using directed command? And why was he using either? And were they good or bad? I think pies are a good analogy for anything. All right, I'm just going to close off my thoughts with um, pointing out that uh, being good at battle drills and tactics is not necessarily exercising mission command either. Yep. Um, and you've talked about solving problems outside the box. And a lot of people... I think seem to conflate the two that if you're really good at just doing tactics yeah then that's mission command whereas it's actually not it's actually being able to understand why you're good at those tactics what where your strengths come from that make you good at those and then as you said applying it to a problem that sits a little bit outside of your experience and applying yep. that experience and those skills to it and and i think the israeli experience is what they they saw they were really good at mission command particularly with screaming across the sinai with their armored columns because they were good at battle drills, but then they try and apply mission command up in the higher echelons of their military, and they, they find that they were slipping up a little bit. Yep. Why were they doing that? And, and they were fighting against the system. But I'm really good at this battle drill. Yeah. Well, are you really good at that battle drill? That doesn't necessarily mean that you've got the solution for this particular problem. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and, and mission command is not about applying a template. It's about having exactly. someone that knows how to apply their experience, knowledge, and intuition to a problem. Yeah. And until you know that they can do that, a little bit more direction is required. Got to build that relationship. Build it, baby. So hey. my, my final my final point um, is next time you're out there, yes, leading people in in the boardroom in the boardroom <laughs> just to get some coffees. Just sit back and think about what's the relationship you have with that person. Are you a professional? Professional. That's the correct answer. I've been told. Are you a how or are you a why? person when you're talking to them. A howie or a why -o. And the answer I'm going to give you is that you don't have to be a how or you don't have to be a why, but you have to be able to flick between the two. And in my personal opinion, once you master that manipulation of the relationship in a good way, yeah. um, then I think... Because it's professional. Because it's professional. Then I think you are truly understanding mission command, its role and its place that it can assist you in, in everything that you're doing. Yeah. So that is it. Mission Command 101. Done. I think we did a really good job, man. Yeah, I think we've got some key points out. And if we didn't, well, people are only going to realise we didn't until they get to this point. Exactly. Exactly. And we already got your download. Thanks for the stats. Thanks for the stats. All right. So look, if you're happy with what we're doing and you're enjoying it, check us out on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, it is www.facebook.com forward slash backslash war for idiots. War for idiots spelt out, as I just said. Yeah, normal. Yeah, normal. So Facebook, we're normal. Twitter, we're weird. <laughs> okay. And on Twitter, you can get us at uh, at war numeral for idiots. Yep. You can engage with Mick. Mick, what's your handle? My handle is at Mick underscore Cook. And Rich, your handle is? Birth out of the flames came the phoenix. Richie 
underscore T-T-T. Yeah, so don't put any of the preamble about phoenixes in there, but Richie's changed his <laughs> handle. He's, he's found a way to change his handle. It's really, really good. Hey, I'm going to take the time now to plug our merchandise, shirts and coffee mugs. Um, freezing. Your description of Germany uh, yep. took all the time. But basically, <laughs> if you go on to the Dead Prussian, which is a really good podcast, uh, if you go on to the Dead Prussian uh, shop on Zazzle, so zazzle.com.au backslash the underscore dead underscore Prussian. Jesus. If you go on there, you'll find the Dead Prussian shop. And what we are selling on that shop is War for Idiots t-shirts and coffee mugs. Whoa, what? Yeah, so if you want to be readily identifiable as an idiot like us, grab a t-shirt, grab a coffee mug. Really good quality, really high price. Um, But this is all I got. Well, ladies and gents, guys and girls, people and podcast listeners from all around the world, thank you for your time. And I hope you enjoyed our take on Mission Command. I hope you've enjoyed all the episodes. We're getting some great feedback and uh, and we're having a lot of fun doing it. Great in volume, not necessarily... We're getting quality, quantity, quantity <laughs> not feedback. quality. So look, until next time, this is Rich. And this is Mick. And we are signing off. And remember that we may be idiots. But so are you. And you, and you, and maybe even you. I'm going to fade that out. Then. War for Idiots is a TDP production. All opinions expressed by individuals on the podcast are those of the individual and not necessarily representative of any other organisation. The music used during War for Idiots is Fireworks by Jazar and is used under an attribution share alike 3.0 international licence.